Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. We're in a three-week teaching series called Every Generation. As we pursue life together as an intergenerational family, we want to explore what the Bible has to say to each generation in our church. Our prayer is that together we'll learn that all of us need each of us. Thanks for joining us today. Well, hey, everybody. Good morning. My name is Brian. It's good to gather here with you today. Steve and I were just joking over there. I so wish I would have worn a suit and tie to teach in today. Man, as we talk about builders and boomers in that generation, you are proper and you went to church and the teacher wore a suit and tie. I should have done that. I just didn't think about it. Hey, today we start a new series called Every Generation. And for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the generations that make up our church family. This week, builders and boomers. Next week, Gen X. And then we'll finish up with millennials and Gen Z. And we're not just doing this as a history lesson or because it's fun. We believe this series can heat up our core value of relating rightly. We are a bit unique here in that we're a multi-generational church made up of people from birth down the hall in our nursery to 105. Nora Hallmark, oldest person in our church, 105 years old. Yeah. Listen, you are not supposed to say the age of ladies, but when you're 105, that's a badge of honor. So Nora, we love you, 105. I believe, we believe all churches are healthiest when they include all generations and we're living intergenerationally, rubbing shoulders with each other and learning from each other. I love Ephesians chapter two, verses 19 and 20. We're gonna come back to this each week. Would you read this in the first gray box on your notes or on the screen? It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. If you're following in your notes, the church is a family. The church is a family made up of older and younger people, and we are all one in the body of Christ. Now, what we find, though, is that we live in a culture that wants to divide us. We live in this isolated, individualistic culture, and COVID has heightened that. But in the church, we are to be a family where, if you're following in your notes, every generation is important. And every generation has a role to play. We are one church made up of multiple generations, and each generation is important and has a role to play. And here's our prayer. At the end of these three weeks, we could all say this and believe it to our core. If you're following in your notes, all of us need each of us. How about we practice saying that out loud, right? All of us need each of us. We believe if we can get to know one another better, we can love one another better. 
and to accomplish our vision of seeing every generation giving themselves fully to Jesus and his mission, we need to pursue life together. That's how this will be accomplished. If we want to be growing disciples who are making disciples, it can only be accomplished by pursuing life together. All of us need each of us. But the tension we find ourselves in, in our country, and even in the church, is that young people disrespect older people, and older people resent younger people. It's very easy to fall into those traps. Young people often think their way is better. They don't think about asking for advice because we have it all figured out. And the older people think their way is better because we never had to walk up hill both ways to school. <laughs> right? We just, we, we are divided and there's disrespect and there's resentment and it can fost, fester and let that not be true of our church. Let it not be true. Our church is made up of multiple generations. Are there any builders here? You're born before 1945. Show of hands. Or if you're in the, uh, uh, online, yeah, a few builders. Yeah, boomers. Hold your applause real quick. Boomers, 1946 to 1964. A lot of boomers, yeah. Baby boom. Gen X, 65 to 80. I'm in there. Gen X, yeah. Millennials, 1981 to 2001. Yeah, a lot of millennials. How about Gen Z, our youngest, 2002 to present? Gen Z. Yeah. There's a fair number of all representation here. I, I love that. We're a family. We're a family. All of us need each of us. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles or your devices to Psalm chapter 71. Towards the center of your Bible, Psalm chapter 71. We'll get there in a few minutes, but it will be good for you to have that open and just hold that open for a couple minutes. Psalm 71. As you're making your way there in this first week, we're going to look at builders and boomers. And remember, if we can understand each other better, we can love each other better. So we're gonna seek to understand these generations. So this week, everyone approximately 57 years old and older is who we're gonna talk about. So younger people in the room, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, I wanna show you some pictures of things that you will never experience in your life. But they're familiar to builders and boomers. The first, you will never use an electronic calculator like this. <laughs> never. That's a calculator. You will not look up information in a hard copy encyclopedia. Maybe Wikipedia, not a hard copy encyclopedia. You will not look forward to watching Howdy Doody each week on TV. Never. You will never watch a TV with no remote control and rabbit ears. I remember watching TV like that. I'm not that generation, but I would be asked to go to the TV and turn the dial. You will not have to endure television channels signing off at the end of the evening. Young people, can you imagine you couldn't watch the, anything any longer at night? It just went fuzzy. You will never use a rotary phone. You won't use a rotary phone. You will not experience people smoking on an airplane. <laughs> Time out here. Dude, if, why did we ever allow this? Are you kidding me? If there's smoke in the cabin of an airplane, something is wrong. 
Thank the Lord. Young people, you just say, thank God right now. You will never eat a jello salad with asparagus, <laughs> peas, and meat. This is a delicacy known as aspic. Aspic, let me read this definition for you. A savory jelly made with meat stock set in a mold and used to contain pieces of meat, seafood, or eggs. Never in your life, thank you, Lord. You will never have to lick stamps or affix them to an envelope. And finally, you will never, never shop the Sears catalog. You will not. If you turn your notes over, I want to provide a few more unique characteristics of builders and boomers. These are identifiable trends, but there's outliers, okay? I don't want to pigeonhole us, but these are important differences between generations that help us understand each other better. We, we can argue over the importance, but we can't deny their existence. So, builders, you were born before 1945, this generation has been called the greatest generation because it endured and survived the Great Depression, World War I, and World War II. And they're called the builders because after serving in World War I, they came home and they built the nation we now enjoy. They built the infrastructure. They built the hospitals, the schools, the power grid. We enjoy the fruit of their labor. Traditional values permeated the home and the community and the nation. There was an agreed upon set of morality, right and wrong. Life centered around three major influences, family, school, and the church. We could add country to that as well, and that's where most social activities took place. Family dinner was a daily activity and mom cooked it because there wasn't carry out or pizza delivery. Those who grew up during this time remember a day of public school starting with the Pledge of Allegiance and the Lord's Prayer. And due to living through this time, some words to describe this generation are hardworking. Many of them grew up on farms and learned a hard work ethic at a young age, committed to their families professions and churches. They are savers, financially conservative. They spend a little, save a lot, but they're generous. They're frugal and practical. They are loyal to their country, their families, their churches. They're private. Maybe a phrase that you've heard is, we don't air our dirty laundry in public. They're cautious. Cautious. Funny story, my grandpa would carry hundreds of dollars in his wallet at any given time. And I remember this phrase he would say to me, you never know when you might need it. <laughs> he was cautious. He was cautious. And they are relational. They will put a piece of pie and coffee on the table and have a conversation without ever checking their cell phone. Maybe they, they don't even have a cell phone. But they are relational. They're great concerns right now. Finances, personal safety, aging, and declining health. That's the builders. Those are some common characteristics of the builders who had children who went on to be known as the baby boomers. And these people were born between 1946 and 1964. What happened is 16 million veterans returned home from World War II eager to start families. So in these 18 years, 77 million babies were born, which created what sociologists call the baby boom. 
This generation grew up in one of the most optimistic times in U.S. history, the 1950 America coming into its full potential as a global leader. And then in the 1960s, something became common in homes across America, and it's one of the major differences that distinguishes builders from boomers. Do you know what that is? The television. As I studied this, I found this fascinating. Like the internet changed Gen X and the iPhone and texting and social media changed millennials and Gen Z. The television changed boomers. The television changed everything, even though there were only three channels, NBC, CBS, and ABC. And the reason it was a game changer is because the transmission of information went from auditory to visual. You no longer just heard of things, you saw images that impacted you in a different way. You saw images of the Cold War. You saw the assassination of JFK on November 22nd, 1963. I bet you can tell me where you were when you heard that. You witnessed the civil rights movement and the march for equality in Washington, D.C. in 1963 and images of Dr. King being assassinated on April 4th, 1968. You saw a man on the moon for the first time in 1969. But if there was one event, one event that changed the culture of the boomer generation, it's the Vietnam War. Instead of hearing war reports on the radio, you now saw pictures of violence, bloodshed, and death. Former Senator Jim Webb said this, World War II brought the builders together. The Vietnam War tore the boomers apart. It's largely responsible for an entire generation losing their trust in institutional authority, like the government and churches and schools. And they express their newfound freedom through sex, drugs, and rock and roll, culminating in Woodstock in 1969. Those are some of the experiences and times as we get to know this boomer generation, but some words to describe them, they're hardworking. They're hardworking, and because of their hard work and the prosperity of America during this time, baby boomers are the wealthiest generation in America. 55% of our country's wealth lies in their hands. And they are extremely generous with it. Extremely generous. They're reliable. They make plans, and they stick to them, and they view technology as a nuisance. They have lived a lot of life They've experienced things we have not experienced, and they have much to offer. And so just for a moment as we get to know each other better, to love each other better, we thank you for the example you've set and the life you've lived, and we honor you today, and we simply want to pause and say thank you to your generation. So would you just join me, young people, in thanking, yeah. So, so in our remaining time, I want to talk about two things. What does the Bible say about this generation? And what does the Bible say to this generation? First, what does it say about this generation? What does it say about? Do you know the Bible is clear that we are to honor this generation? In fact, if you're following in your notes, this is the only generation the Bible commands us to honor. It's the only one. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32, would you read this with me in the second gray box or on your screen? It says, stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. I am the Lord. 
So in the culture of the Bible, this was to be taken literally, right? A young man was to rise up when an older man was at a distance of six feet or less and to sit down again as soon as the older man passed them by that it might appear that he was showing honor. The the culture of the Bible was built on the social value of honor and dishonor, and one of the significant ways to achieve honor was old age. Listen, our culture is completely opposite of this today, and rather than standing for, we frequently look down on older people. And I think that's just because we see age and we value age differently. The Bible honors age and wisdom, and today we honor perpetual youth and pleasure. And we think there's more value in being young, and we look at older people as not having as much to offer, not realizing that one day we'll be the older people. And according to this verse in Leviticus, it seems like there is a direct connection between honoring those older than us and honoring God. If you're following in your notes, when we honor this generation, we are honoring God. They are two inseparable truths, which also means when we don't honor this generation, we don't honor God. Let me give you another biblical reason to honor older people. Job 12.12 says this. Would you read this with me on the screen? It says, wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old. People that are builders and boomers are in a place in life where you've seen it all. There's no tricking you. You're done with nonsense. And you're thinking now about how to spend your remaining time and resources and relationships. You have a little bit of runway left to leave a legacy. And you're thinking about what am I going to leave behind to my kids, my grandkids, the next generation. And I want to say to you, you have something we desperately need. Wisdom. Do this. And here's why. Don't do this. And here's why. Here's what I've experienced. You can trust the Lord through it all. We need your wisdom and your encouragement. It is critical to the success and health of future generations. And so let me add this. Let me address younger people in the room for just a minute, whether you're middle school or high school or young adult. People who are not builders and boomers, if you're following in your notes, younger generations, seek out the wisdom of this generation. Seek it out. One of the wisest things you can do is have a conversation with an older person and learn from those who have gone before you, whether it is about business practices, whether it's about marriage or your faith, learn from those who have gone before you. There is great wisdom to be passed on in conversation. We ask the builders and the boomers the wisdom they would pass on to Gen X, and you're going to hear a lot more about this next week. But let me just share a couple with you. The builders and boomers said, God is faithful to provide for all your needs, and through every trial, hardship, and painful experience, look to God. They said, Gen X folks, 
You are at an age to be relatable to younger people and therefore have a wonderful opportunity to share life experiences and how the Holy Spirit has guided you. You are in the prime leadership era of your lives. The church needs your wisdom and your experience to guide us. And then one builder in Boomer said, you are loved, really, really loved by God. And nothing you can do or say or think or feel can ever change that. Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, that's like water in a desert to sit across from an older generation and hear that encouragement, wisdom, and good news. And it's available if you seek it out. Seek out relationships with older generations. And older generations, as you speak to these younger generations, can I give you a warning and a challenge? Don't take the attitude, we did it, it worked for us, it should work for you, and we'll pass on our wisdom and our faith when you do it exactly like we did it. We asked the younger generation what they would say to builders and boomers, and we'll share more of that in a few minutes, but it was repeated, we need you, but with less judgment. We need you. The phrase, engage us in conversation and meet us where we are, was mentioned. If any older generation says the church needs to look like them, sound like them, and do things the way they did it, that church will suffer. So listen well. Ask great questions. Tell about your experiences and what you've learned and the faithfulness of God and share your wisdom. Many of you do this so well already. You do it. But we want to keep this in front of us and learn how to continually relate rightly with one another and pass our faith on to the next generation. So now, let's finish by talking about what God has to say to this generation. So Psalm 71, you opened to that earlier. You can refresh your device if you need to pull that up. Psalm 71 is this amazing psalm that many believe is a psalm of David and is a prayer that he wrote in his older years. So if you write in your Bible, like I write in my Bible, uh, write this next to Psalm 71. This is the prayer of an aged believer. It's the prayer of an aged believer. And in this psalm, the psalmist declares that God is his rock and his fortress, his hope, his righteousness. He's faithful to his promises. He says that he will continue to praise God. And he asks God for protection, for saving, for rescuing. And he asks God to listen to him. And then in verses 17 and 18, if you're looking in your Bibles, verse 17 says, O oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. And then would you read the third gray box in your notes or on the screen with me? This is verse 18 of Psalm 71. It says, now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Builders and boomers, I want to give you some homework. Go after this and read that entire psalm. It's so encouraging and challenging. But I want to tell you this morning, he is not done with you. If you're following in your notes, God still has a plan and a purpose for you. 
We need you. We need your wisdom, your gifts, your talents. He wants you to pass on your faith. We all have this great responsibility and privilege of passing our faith on to the next generation. He still has a purpose for your life. You are still to be a growing disciple who is making disciples. It reminds me of relay races and baton passes. I love what Christine Kane says. She's an amazing Bible teacher. She says, every baton you carry has the potential to push back the kingdom of darkness and advance the kingdom of heaven. As you live your life, continue looking back into the exchange zone with your eyes fixed on Jesus so you can strive to hand off as many batons as possible, exponentially multiplying your impact on this world. You are a baton-passing people. That's who we are. It reminds me of Psalm 145.4. If you see on the screen, read this with me. These are beautiful words. It says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. We are to be a baton-passing people. And as followers of Jesus, as you step into this purpose, if you're following in your notes, you can trust that God is with you. He is with you. Throughout Psalm 71, I think this is really interesting. As you go back and read it, it seems like David struggled to believe this. In verse 9, he says, Now that I am in old age, do not set me aside or abandon me. You don't say that unless you have that concern. And then you get to verse 18 where he says it again. Do not abandon me, O God. And one of the great promises throughout the Bible is that God is with us. And there's this promise in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4, especially for the older generation. Can I just read this over you, builders and boomers? This is Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. He still has a plan and a purpose for you and you can trust that he is with you to accomplish it. Builders and boomers, we need you. We need you. We need you to invest in younger men and women. God still has a plan and a purpose, and he's with you as you step into that. It's happening in so many ways. If you're already doing this, way to go. But if you're wondering what it might look like for you to build into the next generation, let me provide just a couple ideas to expand your imagination. These are not exhaustive at all. Serve in first impressions in the parking lot or in our lobby on Sunday and welcome guests and regular attenders to our gatherings. Look for younger people and get to know their name. Introduce yourself and then look for them again the next Sunday, whether you're serving or not. Maybe we can be a people who just do that. We look for younger people to introduce ourselves to. You could serve in the nursery and rock babies and pray for them or serve in early childhood, or elementary ministries. One baby boomer who serves weekly downstairs with the kids said this, I love to see the kids light up with the Bible stories. Working with the older kids and seeing what they know and want to know is amazing. I think that 
woman is getting as much out of serving as she is giving in serving, but she's passing on her faith. Middle school and high school ministries. I just wanna pause here. Builders, boomers, I wanna extend this to Gen X and millennials as well. Gen Z. Middle school and high school need small group leaders and we need small group leader assistance. We want to build into the next generation and our students are doing a great job of that. High school students ministering to middle school students, but we need adults with wisdom and faith experience to pass on to the next generation. So I'm asking you right now, if the Lord is prompting you, get involved in building into the next generation as a small group leader in middle school and high school ministries. We need you. We need you. And if you can lend your time and your talents to build in the next generation, I wanna ask you to text right now. Right now. You don't even know where you might serve. We wanna capture it right now so we can follow up with a conversation of what might be a good fit. You can text right now the word CHSERVE to nine. You know what? That's wrong. We're gonna text the word SERVE to our church phone number, 217-546-4818. The word serve, you can write this down to 217-546-4818. We need you. We need you. But passing on your faith isn't limited to the walls of a church. It's everywhere we go, all day long, we're living with eyes open about how to pass on our faith. So maybe it's your grandkids. I heard one set of grandparents that did a Bible study with their grandkids over the summer. As summer approaches, that might be you. I wanna show you a picture of Rich Syverson, a longtime member of Cherry Hills. This is a picture of him in front of his house. And Rich said as he was praying, God told him to start a Bible study in his neighborhood. And so he now meets with a young couple who live nearby. They're 23 and 24 years old, and he loves it. He says, these are my kids. He has this other's mindset. He's living where he is as a sent person to pass on his faith. We have people in our church who serve in libraries or they read to kids at school. We have another couple in our church family who take younger people out for coffee and lunch nearly every Sunday. They just look around where they're sitting and look for new people that are younger than them and invite them into a relationship. They love meeting with these young adults, gaining their trust, learning their stories, their hopes and their dreams and their struggles, and they just said it's a beautiful thing. They said these young believers give us hope for future generations. Listen, if you're at a place in life where physically you can't serve like that anymore, then here's a huge ask I wanna make of you because we need you. Pray. Goodness, do we need prayer. Pray. There's a picture of Max Louderman. Most days when I walk in this room, Max is sitting in the back praying for our church family. And I know he doesn't just do it in this room, but we want to encourage you, pray. Pray for future generations. Even this morning as I was getting ready, I found myself praying for my boys, and then I started praying for their kids and their kids and their kids that I will never meet and their kids that will never probably know my name. We wanna be a people of prayer for the next generation so our faith goes on and on, like Psalm 145.4 says. Builders and boomers, 
If we want to accomplish the vision God has given us to see people of every generation give themselves fully to Jesus and his mission, here's the final line in your notes. We need you to finish well. We need you to finish well. And as you put away your notes, I wanna read some encouragement over you. I just want you to take this in. I wanna read some encouragement over you from the millennial and Gen X generations, those under 40 speaking to you right now. Here are their words. Builders and boomers, hear and receive these words. Your wisdom and experience is a gift to the body of Christ. Your generation brings the wisdom of life experience, the examples to live up to, and the mentorship that only a person who has lived through some of the great hardships that you have can bring. They say you are a breath of wisdom, knowledge, and experience that can speak into things we face that leave us frustrated, worried, and stressed. You've been there. You've learned from where we are. You have valuable insights. We need you. Another said, we need mentors like you to help us get through hard seasons of parenting, raising kids, raising teenagers, losing friendships, and losing loved ones. They said, you're a reminder that the world may change, but God never does. Thank you for your faith. This younger generation said, we need your older generation to come alongside us to share wisdom and life experience. They said, the faith of people in my generation, the younger generation, rises and falls on your witness. We need your help in showing us the way. They said, you have so much to offer. Just let me say this over you, builders and boomers. Take this this morning. Take this in. You have so much to offer because Jesus is still at work in you. We need you. All of us need each of us. Let's pray. God, thanks that we can gather this morning to learn about each other, to love each other better, to open your word and hear what it says about this generation and to this generation. And God, help us be a people first who honor these generations. Help us seek out their wisdom. And God, we also want to pray for these generations, that they would know you're still at work in them, that you have a plan and a purpose, that you are with them, they can trust you, and they can finish well. I pray today they would know we need them. We need them. If we want to pass faith on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and pass the baton, we need them. I pray they leave here knowing that. God, we're grateful that you've assembled this church family for such a time as this, multi-generational, intergenerational, rubbing shoulders with each other to learn from each other. So God, we're grateful. Thanks for our time together this morning. Thanks for our time in your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information about our church or to get connected, 
please visit cherryhillsfamily.org or find us on Facebook. Thanks for joining us.